Hi, welcome to the Soul Streaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Jake. Are you ready to feel all lit up and excited like you just ran through a field naked? I am. So drop that baggage and let your soul go streaking. Hello, fellow Soul Streakers. Welcome to this episode of the Soul Streaker Podcast. I am sorry that I have not put a podcast out. I was really ill with the flu. I'm back, people. I'm back. I want to talk to you about my experiment that I'm doing, the Non-Resistance Project, which came from a culmination of the last year of my life and reading some books. One was The Power of Holy Language by Carolyn Mace. The other was The Year of Yes by Chandra Rhimes. The third book was The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Listening to The Power of Holy Language and looking at life on a soul plane and not from an earthly view, the saying yes from Chandra Rhimes and the, the Surrender experiment made me realize every day with our mindset, with our choices, with what we say, we say yes to something and we say no to something all the time. It's about being conscious about what you want to say yes to and what you want to say no to because the word re is in resist. So it's like you just keep saying no over and over again. And the opposite of resistance is surrender. So I've decided to see what life is like if I stop resisting. Some things are going on in my life, big things, and I've been resistant to them. And I'll give an example. My mother's in a home. She's got dementia. And when I go there, I don't go there excited and happy. I enjoy seeing her, but at best it's been bittersweet, I'll be honest with you. Because I'm going there with an earthly mind thinking about her decline and the decline of all the people around her. What's that going to make me feel? Sad. So I'm thinking if I look at it from an earthly plane, I'm going to feel sad. But if I look at it from a soul plane, that God is in the room and look for all the places that I can find miracles and love in the universe and God, it's not such a bad thing. It's not such a bad place. If I focus on how happy she may be in there and how she's really in this place of non-resistance because she's so demented that she's just completely present, but she's also in a most sacred place, a really sacred place of non-resistance, Everyone around her is really in a place of non-resistance. It's a good place to model maybe what I could be doing. I'm going to visit there with a sense of grace for all of the residents and a sense of grace for all of the people that take care of these people that are a fragile, fragile population. And that's God's work. That's holy work. To have a sense of empathy and grace and gratitude Gratitude that my mother's in a safe place. Gratitude for all the people that work there. They don't get paid a million dollars to work there. They, it's something from their heart that calls them to do this work. If I look at all of that, wow, that's a whole other meaning. Now I've brought 
God into it. Actually, I didn't bring God into it. God was always there. Now I've just chosen to see God and see the sacredness of something that could seem ordinary. So it depends on how you want to look at something as ordinary or extraordinary. I'm going to go to the same place with a new set of eyes and a new attitude, looking for love and for miracles and all the details that God is in. I don't know what I'm going to find, but I'm more, much more excited to go there. So I'm going to be non-resistant to the whole thing. I have people in my life that I've been upset that, oh, I was sick and they didn't call. Now it comes to a choice point, which means now it comes to how am I going to wield my power? Am I going to wield my power by giving grace to people, by seeing through the illusion of the fact that they didn't call and giving them grace in that respect and letting it go? And knowing that they love me, or am I going to get into the illusion of judgment, into this refuge of feeling bad for myself, feeling sorry for myself, giving them a hard time? Because that all seems like resistance to me. It's so much easier to grant them grace and forgiveness, send them love, whether they called or didn't call. I could choose to go with the illusion, call them and say, why didn't you call me? Or... Or I could make it about me, except now I've realized that nothing is about me. But if I wanted to go back to my old paradigm, I could make it about me and I could stew, sit there being angry, sending negative energy out into the field about why they didn't call. The path of least resistance is to just let it go. Let it go. It's not personal. Universe isn't personal. They, nobody set out to hurt my feelings. People get busy. People are thinking about themselves, their own lives. It's not personal. It's just, okay, they didn't call. It wasn't personal to me. It wasn't an attack on me. And to have grace and forgiveness for people that are being busy and everyone's doing the best that they can. And really focusing on the people that did call me, that were concerned, and really feeling that love and laying in it and tasting it and savoring the love of the people that reached out. It's a whole other experience. To waste pre precious energy on the negative, sitting and dwelling on why didn't they call and taking it personally, that is a form of resistance. That is what I'm not going to do anymore. All of that chatter about whether or not you called or didn't call being horribly upset about people that didn't call, that is my choice point. I don't have to listen to the chatter. I can just love people and I can choose to ignore the chatter because it doesn't serve me. It's just sucking up my energy and creating resistance. This is what I'm committed to stopping doing. I'm just going to accept the fact that people are busy doesn't mean they don't love me. Just continue to love them because that's what unconditional love is. Loving you no matter what you do, whether you called me or you didn't call me, I'm still going to love you. If it feels ugh, on any level, it's a form of resistance. And Oprah always says, your life is meant to be lived downstream. Abraham Hicks talks about the same thing. Your vibration is high when you're excited about something. So you always have two choices. 
You can have the circumstances and be happy, or you can have the circumstances and be unhappy. The universe is impersonal. Just because you're the most amazing person in the world, things are still going to happen. You're still going to have contrast. It's your attitude about that and your overall vibration. So waking up, appreciating the most delicious cup of coffee you've ever had, the love people are giving you, savoring all of these moments, these details, these delicious details that God is in, whether it's your cup of coffee, someone that smiled at you, coming from this place of love and appreciation and gratitude and grace, all of that working together. That's God. It's not easy to do that because you have to have self-esteem to be able to get out of the illusion of who you are. You can't have the life that you want without becoming the person who is supposed to have that life. So if you have the life that you have now, it's because that is what you are attracting now. You need to become somebody else to have different circumstances. A big part of that is loving yourself to know that you are wanting more and capable of more and worth more and just be more. This journey starts with loving yourself. It's very important for you to know power. Power is your energy, your currency. It's all about choice. Knowing the power of choice and the power that is within choice and how that affects not only you, but the entire planet, because what's happening to you is affecting the entire planet. What's in the macro is in the micro. There's only one of us here. I'll give you an example. As I said before, my mother's in a home. The manager is a lovely lady. I spoke to her last week. I asked to have my mother call me because I had been sick and I hadn't been able to see her. I waited a few days and a phone call didn't come. So I've texted her on a Sunday night that I did not get a phone call from her, but I was better and I was going to come the next night and have dinner. She texted me back the next morning and said, okay, fine. Then she texted me and said, please only text me between hours of nine and five. Right away, I had that instinct to make it about me because that's what we're trained to do. Thinking, oh, what am I bothering her? This is not widget she's selling. She's got my mother. My mother's important to me. I'm bothering her. Right away, I was offended for about five seconds. And I said, no, here's my choice point. I'm going to choose grace. That's how I'm going to wield my power. How can I come from grace and let it go? Then I thought about it from a, a detached place. And I thought, there's something going on here. Why would she send me that text? How can I continue to come from grace, from empathy, from sympathy, from love. How can I support her? Ordinarily, I wouldn't think, oh, you know what? She sent me this text. I didn't get my phone call. In the old paradigm, I would have made it about me and called the owner, her boss, and complained. But that didn't feel right. That didn't feel like what I was trying to accomplish. It felt like resistance. That's not coming from love and sympathy and empathy. I want to support her. So I called her and I said, you're really important to me. You are in charge of this delicate population. I love my mother. My mother's super important to me. If something going on, how can I help you? How can I support you? If you're not happy, I'm not happy. She was so appreciative of that. And it was such a different way to wield my power. I could have used my power to complain. I chose to use my power to ameliorate the situation, to come from love. 
So I suggested that maybe she get a work phone because she was explaining to me that she was, she didn't mean to come off nasty or anything, but she was trying to be a mother to her children and create space for that. I said, that's fine. I respect that. She's overwhelmed. So have a work phone and then you can pick it up when you want to. She says, I have been asking my boss for a work phone. I said, don't you worry. I will talk to your boss and make sure you get that work phone. It was a system problem. And I was able to help that instead of create more stress and negativity. Such a powerful thing. Simple. Not easy, but very powerful. I honestly believe because I came from that place, I was able to change the field around me. I changed the world. I was able to change the magnetic field and make her happier, make us happier, lift both of our vibrations. When you're running around happy with this happy vibration, people feel that and they're attracted to you and they want to be around you and they want to talk to you. I may meet somebody now that I wouldn't have met because I'm so elated from that interaction that I had. I'm coming from a place of love and non-resistance from people that I've been wanting to spend time with and be around. I've been asking them, saying, come visit me. And they haven't, or telling them I've missed them and to call me, and they haven't, but that's okay. I'm letting it go because trying to get somebody to do something is resistance. Trying to make something happen sometimes that's in their power and not in mine, that's resistance. Giving up all the resistance. I'm really excited about this non-resistance project, and I'm taking my daughter away And I made a commitment that I'm not going to complain and I'm going to be open to all the things she wants to do and be excited about it. Really work on not trying harder, but being less resistant. So I'll be checking in with you regarding how my non-resistance project is going. If you want to join me in the non-resistance project, hit me up. I'll leave a comment. I'll mention you in my comments and check in and see how it's going. Why are we being resistant? It's very interesting because loving someone unconditionally, that's non-resistance. And we can hide in our judgment and we can hide in our blame. Then we're missing out because we're in the darkness. We're missing out on all the places that God is coming into the conversation. For all the love that we can bring to the conversation and bring God to that person or have the sweetness of whatever is meant to happen in that conversation if we bring love, which is God, into the conversation. It's amazing. So I wrote this prayer that I may have to explain. This was my prayer to God. I'm inviting you to dwell in the spaces that you have never left because God is really in everything. It is just a matter of whether we choose to see that And to invite God in, or we look at it from just an earthly plane of really seeing the illusion of what is in front of us, instead of really seeing what's really going on and and really all that there is is love. For me, this feels new as I embrace your presence and what that really means. I surrender to you the sweetness so sweet it is just like the most juicy delicious fruit it's the sweetness of you guiding my life experience of this moment so that i may be rich with the truth that is you because god is law god is truth i accept the opportunity to shed my illusions which i may have taken refuge 
But we take comfort in our illusions, in our blame, in our judgment of people, the negativity. We take comfort in that. We suffer for it, but we hide there. I ask God to guide my experience in every moment so that it might be rich with the truth. I'm not going to rely on any kind of negativity, and I'm not going to rely on thinking somebody's better than me so that I don't have to step up or thinking that I'm special. If something happens, and, and something happens in every life, everybody has contrast. So then if I think I'm special, I'm questioning why is this happening to me? Because there's no answer to that. I can be righteous about it. Like, I'm special. Why is this happening to me? That's not really working. So I'm asking God to come into every moment of my life. I'm asking God to color the details of my life with its richness, to have a rich tapestry of my soul, what my purpose and mission is here. Sometimes I'm not going to like that. That's kind of the point. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to be my instruction for my soul's journey. When you want to learn forgiveness, God gives you somebody to forgive. When you want to learn gratitude, God gives you something to be thankful for. That's how we learn those things. I'm asking for love to be the guiding force of everything I'm doing and everything I'm saying. So if somebody's coming at me with anger, that's the illusion. I'm not going to buy into that. I don't have to own it. I don't have to react to it. In this moment of choice where I am wielding my power, I am asking God to be my guide so that I can respond with love. So I'm not reacting. I'm just being the most sweetest, kindest, loving energy because that's where I want to come from. That's, I'm wielding my choice. I'm not reacting. I'm responding. I accept the opportunity to shed my illusions in which I have taken refuge. How many times have we taken comfort or refuge in blame, making it about the other person? We always have that choice. What's harder is easier and what's easier is harder in life. So it's, yeah, it's easier to stay in the darkness and take refuge in blame and judgment of other people. But in the long run, it just makes us miserable. Without the crutch of judgment and blame, I have gained the clarity and wisdom to know in these moments of temptation to side with my humanness, to go back to the being judgy and being righteous and not coming from love. In those moments, this I really love, in the moments when I am judging somebody else, I am in need as much grace as the person that I am attempting to judge or be resistance to. Because I'm in the space of judging them, I need as much grace from God as I wish for the other person that I'm judging. You have entered to extinguish the fire of fear with love, because only love can conquer fear or hate or doubt, but it's all fear. Only love can conquer that. That is the light that conquers the deepest darkness. You have entered to extinguish the fire of fear with love so I can come closer in this moment, not only to the object of my resistance, whoever it is I'm judging, but to you, but to you, universe, God, whoever it is you're praying to. Amen. So it is. That passage came through me in the middle of the night last night. 
those were words, holy words that came from the universe for me and for you. I am the messenger here. Those words have changed me and have become my guide to live by as I move through this non-resistance project. I hope they've stirred something in you because the reason that I love to do this podcast is not only to comfort the disturbed, but to disturb your comfort. So please let me know if you're joining me in this project and how we can support each other. I hope you have a really blessed day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Soul Streaker Podcast. If you liked it, press that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and if you leave a comment, I'll mention you in the next episode. Please share this podcast with anybody you think might benefit from it. I'll be so grateful if you did. And don't forget to watch me on Lunchtime Live on Instagram at jenna.jake and check out my website, www.jennajake.com.